0: Hello, and welcome to 15 Minutes to Change the World, where in 15 minutes or less, you'll learn a bit more about the world and how you can help change it for the better. My name is Lama Safi, and I'm the host of this podcast. Today we're speaking with Tikala Itaye, the Director of Global Movement Building with Women in Global Health. Tikala is a human rights lawyer from Malawi who has spent the last 10 years in policy and advocacy movement building work related to sexual reproductive health and rights. She led a regional youth network called AFRIAM, the African Youth and Adolescent Network that coordinates youth networks in 21 East and Southern African countries. She serves as a board member on the Global Partnership on Maternal, Newborn and Child Health and is the former chairperson for the global political movement on women and girls' rights called She Decides. Tikala joins us remotely from Malawi today. Tikala, thank you so much uh, for joining us and welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Lama. Great to be part of this podcast.
0: Nice to nice to have you with us. So first off, uh, Tikala, could you tell us a bit about uh, Women in Global Health and the work that you do?
1: Yeah, sure. So, firstly, Women in Global Health is a global movement with one of the largest networks of women and allies who are really working together to challenge power and privilege for gender equity in health. It started about in 2015 and we've grown to about 50,000 over 50,000 supporters in 90 countries and we have 40 official national chapters in about 36 countries all over the world. The work that we do pretty much looks into enabling women from around the world to engage at national and global levels in policy development and leadership, particularly for women that are underrepresented from lower middle income countries. A lot of the work that we do as women in global health focuses on gender inequity in health, looking at gap in women leadership in the health sector, the gender pay gap, and also looking at ending sexual exploitation abuse and harassment in global health.
0: And how has your experience in training as a human rights lawyer shaped the lens through which you do or you frame your global health work?
1: As a human rights lawyer, the work that I've done in, in global health has really given me the urgency to ensure that health is truly recognized and enforced as a human right. As a lawyer itself, I think we're just practicing being a lawyer one of the key things we do is always thinking about we need evidence to make a case and a lot of the work that we do with women in global health is about advocacy and and advocating health leaders all over the world to adopt gender policies and gender transformative practices as well as safe and decent working conditions for women and some of the key practices is just being a lawyer has helped me look into how do we work with women and frontline health workers that are on the ground, at grassroots level in different, uh, in different communities to hear these stories, to understand what is going on on the ground and use that as evidence to make a case to really inform a lot of decision making at a national decision making level. There is a lot of data gap when it comes to the needs of women and girls and, and the work that we've done is really being able to galvanize that evidence at a country level from different women allies and networks. So when I was just sharing earlier on to say that the urgency that I have had in global health, especially being a human rights lawyer, is to, to really enforce that human rights element. We already know that health is internationally recognized as a human right, a basic right that each and every one of us is entitled to, which means that at the core of the advocacy work I do, I want to ensure that decision makers, health leaders, and any other institutions working on health or providing health-related services are aware of that legal obligation to provide health needs that are acceptable and affordable and available for all, as well as really providing those kind of underlying determinants of, of health, whether it is health-related information, education, gender equality, sanitation, food, housing. So, yeah, in a, in a nutshell, I, I would really tie it down to that kind of element of ensuring that health in all the spaces that we do is a human right that is recognized and enforced. And and what does gender equity
0: in health look like in in practice? And and why is it so important, Um, not just for women and those who identify as women, but for everyone?
1: To me, I would say gender equity really means fairness of treatment. And this is fairness of treatment all across the board. Uh, holistically in, in all kind of the different levels and systems and structures that we work in. This could be looking at equal pay or equal leadership. This could be fairness of treatment when it comes to even accessing healthcare services and providing healthcare services and contributing to decision making around health policies and practices should all be done with this gender equity lens. And this is important because we live in a world and country with diverse populations, which means that they are diverse needs that are all contributing to the economic development of our respective countries and the world at large. So if there is no gender equity in health, this in turn creates an inequitable health system that will impact the health of all overall.
0: And Tikal, what would you say are the biggest challenges right now when it comes to gender equity in health? And then what are some of the ways that we can overcome these challenges?
1: So there's quite a lot of challenges, but I will stick to the ones as as women in global health that we are looking into and advancing. And the first one is on gender pay gap in the health sector. Today, women account for 70% of the health and social care workforce, but women remain largely segregated in lower status and lower paid jobs in health. And have been subject to gender bias, discrimination, and in some contexts, under the constant threat of violence. So, we have large numbers of women in health that are working without the protection of legislation to guarantee them decent work or equal pay. Many are constantly looking at pushing for better pay or even underpaid. And this gender gap in the health sector is higher than other sectors, despite it being a female majority profession. And that's been one of the biggest challenges we've been advancing. And and some of the the ways to overcome this has been ensuring that the voices, especially the voices of the frontline health workers or the women working in health and social care workforce, are really speaking out against these issues, uh, getting their stories out there and using those opportunities to dialogue with different respective health leaders of the institutions of the countries to really change these practices. Secondly, the workplace um, violence and sexual harassment in in the health sector has been also a big issue, which is also often hidden. I think as as women, we we struggle in, in our different workspaces to speak out on any violence or sexual harassment because we know that sometimes of the power dynamics in these spaces that we fear what is going to happen to our job and the financial security when I report these issues. And as women in global health, we, we have been doing some work in, in calling this out, um, in gathering these stories and, and finding a safe space for women to share what is going on in the different spaces they're working and being, whole, being able to hold different key institutions accountable. And I think that is a key thing of having to overcome some of these challenges. The more we bring them out in the open, the more we call out statements. We've had big statements that have gone out to the World Health Organization, just calling out on different violence and sexual harassment that's happening in different countries and hold, holding them accountable to it. And thirdly, I would say is in the gap in women leadership, which is such a big piece. And I, I already, already mentioned earlier on that there is a lot of gender inequity when it comes to women leadership in the health sector. but. You know, politically as well, we've seen the harm that it causes when countries are led by men. If we just look, for example, in what happened in Af- Afghanistan in 2021, when, you know, huge kind of political movement led by uh, men, where women and girls were being pushed out of education and jobs and public life. We've also seen the harm where um, the Trump administration had put in place a global gag rule, which affected the reproductive health needs of many women and girls all over the world. Um, COVID-19 responses, majority of the national COVID-19 task forces are led by men, which means that a lot of the resources that we have seen coming in around responding to the COVID-19 pandemic has been diverted away from reproductive maternal health faith for women and girls, all because of not having that diverse representation in these key leadership positions. So. Yeah, I mean, this in a nutshell, I like the key challenges and, and for us, the biggest piece of work to overcome these challenges is to really push through in advocacy, getting these stories out there, getting this key data out there, getting women to speak out on these challenges and being able to present them to key health leaders, decision makers, to adopt practices and policies that advance and address these challenges.
0: Tikala, where and how are you seeing gender equity in health uh, being put into action successfully?
1: So I would um, like to talk about one initiative that, uh, one of the initiatives that Women in Global Health has been leading with different politically and globally, um, and this is the Gender Health and Care Workforce Initiative. Um, This was launched with the government of France and other political leaders, and the objective of this with this initiative is to increase visibility, dialogue, commitment to action on gender equity in health and care workforce. The initiative aims to drive action in in four four pillars. The first one is around in, increasing the proportion of women in health and care leadership roles, recognizing the value of unpaid health and care work and the importance of equal pay, protecting women in the health and care against sexual harassment and violence at work and ensuring safe and decent working conditions for all health workers everywhere. The work that we've been doing under this initiative has really been a movement. We we also are working with the World Health Organization on this, and we really are mobilizing and galvanizing different member states um, under WHO, the World Health Organization, to really commit and be part of this this initiative, and to commit to align with those four pillars themselves. And I think these are one of the initiatives just when it was even launched last year that you really have seen just a pickup of just political will and commitment to really address some of these key issues that we don't normally talk about or look into. So um, I would say for now that, you know, that has been one of the successful platform and spaces that we have been looking into and an initiative that has really galvanized um, political momentum on addressing some of these key issues.
0: Finally, how can our listeners in Canada and around the world learn more about gender equity and global health and to to become advocates for it?
1: You know issues of gender inequity are always all around us, whether it's at home um in our schools in our workspaces um in our social spaces and i I always want to encourage people to say that when you see Um, or experience any form of gender inequity is a matter of letting your story uh, be known to others, sharing those stories or speaking out against any inequity that's happening because I feel that you know, the more these stories come out, the more change is most likely to happen. So I think the first thing is being, wherever you are, being able to speak, stand up and speak out on gender equity in the spaces that you're already at. And and secondly, feel free to get involved with the work that we're doing in in Women in Global House. We're always so keen to work with different um, allies and networks who are interested in the work that we do.
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join us today, Shikala. And uh, we really enjoyed speaking with you.
1: And thank you very much. This has been really exciting to just share a bit of our work.
0: Thank you. Where can our listeners uh, learn more about uh, your organization? What's your website?
1: So you can learn more about our organization by visiting www.womenindh.org.
0: All right, thank you. Um, And thank you to all of our listeners for for tuning in. As always, you can stay up to date on our newest episode of 15 Minutes to Change the World on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and by visiting care.ca slash podcast.